You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Friday the 3rd of November. It means it's Future Stars Friday, day one of Breeders' Cup 40, coming to you from Santa Anita Park in Southern California. Be speaking to many connections of some of the leading fancies in just a few moments' time. First of all, however, alert you to the fact that the petition is now up to prevent affordability checks and financial risk management. And that has been lodged by Nevin Truesdale, Chief Executive of the Jockey Club. He explained all this last week on the podcast, but it has just taken a little while to get through the system. But it is now up, as has been widely publicised across the Racing Post and elsewhere. But I would add my voice to those urging you to get on and sign that. And as I'm speaking to you now, that number is getting up towards 40,000 signatures. 100,000 are required. Petition.parliament dot uk and then type in the key search words affordability checks and you will find that but first of all here at santa anita i have been out and about i have been trying to speak to anyone uh, who wouldn't run away from me and i began with the managing director of chiefly park stud chris richardson uh, responsible for inspiral leading fancy for the philly and mare turf a race that was won in the chiefly park stud silks by frankie dottori and spirals rider on queen's trust which i uh, began by reminding Chris of. Yes, indeed. Seven years ago. Fantastic day that was. My goodness me. Um, so delighted to be back again. Really excited. You know when everyone's doing this thing about oh what was Frankie Dottori's best ride, I reckon that's up there in the... I might be in my top ten. Well, if you watch it again, and as we've all done and, and continue to do, the way she just sort of was sat last and came round the bend and what, a, what magic he did and produced that day... And to beat Lady Eli was uh, a feat in itself. It was a fantastic performance and a great, great ride. You might have Chad Brown to, to beat again. He obviously has, um, in Italian, the big local hope for, uh, for the race. And in Spiral is, is the form filly. Uh, how is she doing here? She uh, came over very well. Um, John Gosden is, is very comfortable with the way she's travelled. Um, and she did a little bit something yesterday, which uh, I think everybody's seen uh, on, on the, on the um, social media feed. And uh, she looked great this morning, um, very relaxed. And, um, yep, Frankie looked comfortable too. So, uh, fingers crossed. A big day, big challenge coming up on Saturday. But uh, if you're not in, you can't win. And you've had this in your mind for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a sort of dream to come back and, and certainly uh, um, took a little bit of persuading uh, to, to, to get everybody to, to agree. But uh, thankfully, the ground um, uh, was unsuitable uh, at Ascot. So uh, how beautiful it is here today. Very exciting. Chris, good luck. Thanks, Nick. All right, it's been a big week here in the United States um, for Mike Rapoli, um, prominent owner who promised us when we were at Keeneland a few weeks ago that he was about to shake up the administration of uh, racing in this country. And you've set about doing it. That was quick. Uh, just tell us what's happened this week. You know, we, uh, we started the uh, National Thoroughbred Alliance, NTA. Um, and, uh, you know, the bottom line is we have no jurisdiction. Um, the bottom line is we're going to do something different in the sport. It's called communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to speak to track owners, uh, stallion owners, uh, stallion farms. My daughter's going to fall off. No problem, Joy. Nah, Don't worry Joy, about Joy, it. Joy knows how to look after yeah, us. Yeah. So, so, um, so uh, and honestly, you know, you know, Nick, it's been so well received because everybody 
everybody that is not safe by the way everybody so i just have to explain to everyone we're we're down here right on the front side at saturday to enjoy a, a um, mike's daughter uh, is a is a a great character, a live wire. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Oh, man. And if she's currently jumping over all the stone benches, yeah. don't worry, she's fine. Uh, yeah, she... Joya! 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 <laughs> John, grab her, please. John, go around and grab her. All right. Um, this is the last time I'll take her to the track in the morning. The afternoons are better. But uh, honestly, it's, uh, it's about the industry finally uniting, mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that I vocalize some of the things I think we can fix and fix pretty much immediately and 80-90% buy in um, just spending a morning out from here, owners trainers owners trainers industry backstretch people media, workers backstretch yeah. workers jockeys thank you Mike keep going I mean I just had honestly Joe Safi just passed by shook my hand and said hey Mike keep doing what you're doing we need it I mean it's almost you know just there were George Weaver and his wife Cindy and, and uh, you know listen people want this sport to be better I think we've gotten into a spot where we just don't know how to fix it. Mm. And the system is so broke that the current system can't fix it. It doesn't have the infrastructure, the politics of bureaucracy to fix. So we're trying to take a different approach with the alliance. Let's just talk to everybody. If we go to dinner with 10 people and everyone says we should do this, 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 and we all agree, then why can't we make that become an action and execute it? And I I think think it's very well received. And we're going to talk to Churchill and Santa Anita. And David O'Rourke at Naira, and we're going to talk to all the stallion farms, and you know, and we're going to talk to the, the gamblers, the betters, the fans. And at the end of the day, we want to give everyone a better product, we want to give everyone a safer product, and we want to make sure horse racing thrives over the next 50 years. And you've got Pat Cummings uh, heading up the organization as well. He's a, a friend of this show, and we talk to him an awful lot. He's put a, an enormous amount of work into creating the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation over the, the last few years, and that's going to be kind of subsumed into your organization, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I love what Pat and, and Craig Burnick did. I, I, I applaud them. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I've always been a supporter of them. But I think they, uh, they, there's two things they needed. They needed the timing, and the timing is right now. I think there isn't a person right now. Um, if you thought the game was okay three years ago and there was no problems five years ago, the problems were happening five years ago, three years ago, and a year ago. Now it's just compounding. And how do you, you know, turn that ship around and start to gain momentum? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be one win at a time, small wins here, and watching a difference and working with the Jockey Club and working with the Breeders' Cup, and we're going to make some good things happen. All right, let's talk about the sport this weekend. Are you going to have winners, and if so, who? You know, I mean, you know, first of all, if you would have told me I was going to have nine horses in the Breeders' Cup this year and no nest and no forte, I would have said I didn't even, I didn't even book my plane to get out here. So to have nine is just a, a tribute to the team, um, you know, from Ed Rose and Jim Martin, Danielle Bricker, Alex Solis, Madison, Danielle Bricker, uh, Jake West, forgot Jake West, and everything that Todd and his team does, and, and all my trainers. So to be honest with you, it's, you know, we got six two-year-olds, uh, one three-year-old and two four-year-olds, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very live with every horse. And, you know, this is where we started to spend the money last year, to have six two-year-olds. I mean, that's, that, that, that's amazing. You know, we're really, really excited Best two-year-old? Best two-year-old. I'm going to go right now. My gut tells me life talk. Um, on, for Phillies, I'm going to say fierceness for two-year-old Colts Dirt. And then, um, you know, Agate Road is, is pretty special right now. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's two for two and, uh, on the turf, and we're excited by him. And, of course, all the listeners to this show will want to know about Up to the Mark. Um, you're into the Lion's Den against some serious horses. But I spoke to your trainer the other day, Todd Fletch. The minute I talk about any horse you want, and then as soon as I mention his name, a little smile just begins to creep over his, over his face. You know, because we're getting some 
interesting criticism on how we should have went to the mile race and it was the easier race and it was the race that was better for him. And the horse is six for seven this year. He's won at a mile and a 16th, he's won a mile and an eighth, and he's won at a mile and a quarter. And if you look at his mile and an eighth and a mile and a quarter, he's won by going away two, three, three and a quarter lengths. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just got to do what's right for the sport. I don't think, you know, seeing up to the mark in the mile would be great. But having, a, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, America versus all the international with up to the mark. I mean, all these international horses are coming in and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm very excited out of all the races that's the one I'm most excited about. And Me too. Yeah. I think it's the, the best It's the best race on it, the two days. It, it's, a, it's a great race. And, you know, up to the mark, it's going to be five, six to one overlay. And you know what? Maybe we'll realize that our turf racing in America is a lot closer to European racing than well, people you think. Well, you've got some good ones. This horse and Warlike Goddess against the Euros, I think it's the, I think it's the best turf there's been for 20 years. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's exciting. And you know, and you know what? I'm, I'm glad. She's a six-year-old filly, England, England Channel. She came back. I got to see if up to mark doesn't win. I'm going to go for World Like Ours. Uh, Joya's all right, by the way. She's fine. She's, uh, she's, in, she's in good company. It's early. It's only 9 o'clock. Joya. Oh, by the way, I don't even know those people. Joya. Joya. Look, she's ignoring us now. Nick's on. I, ne- I need to ask you for your pick. Joya, Nick. Nick Joya, 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 Joya I, need, I need you. Well, first of all, I need your pick. So Dad's told me what he thinks, but I need to know what you think of uh, his runners and which one is going to come out best. Who was the favorite horse you have today, this, this, this week? You can't clam up on me now. You, you, know, you know who's huh? Um, I forgot the names. Oh, this no, is... no, come on. You know the who's the horse that you said you want to win? Name one. Um, um, uh, yeah, life talk. Like Dan- Danielle just told me. <laughs> yeah, life talk, life talk. Who's life talk named after? Tell me who life talk was named after. Um, my dad um tells me talked about life, and they're very annoying, very boring. I do not like them. And um, so I need the life talk. They're very long. Mike Rapoli there, uh, an omnipresent figure now on racetracks in the US. Nine runners in the Breeders' Cup this year. Big investment, big ideas, and uh, a man who is trying to shake up the way that the, the thoroughbred industry is run with the help of, of Pat Cummings with that new venture that began this week and hoping that his horses can run a bit straighter than his daughter Joya was both around Santa Anita Park and at the end of that interview right who's going to be taking on up to the mark well a whole bevy of top Europeans amongst them Mostadaf and I had a very quick word with his jockey Jim Crowley who seems to be exuding confidence you have to be confident um, pleasing us in the mornings um, he likes quick ground and he's travelled well before, so yeah, we're very happy. And in terms of just the way he's settled and adapted, is he a, is he a horse who is pretty easy to deal with in that respect? Yeah, he is. And obviously, I think he's getting better every morning here. And he has a scream and a shout in the mornings, so but that's just him, and we're quite pleased he's doing that. So uh, shows us that he's his usual self. But like you said, he's in good form, and uh, we're happy. With him. And in terms of tactics of the race, we imagine that there'll be quite a lot of pace here. Will that matter to him, given that he's stretching out to a mile and a half? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, look, it's a tight track. And if they go a nice, genuine, even pace, then it's, it sorts the race out. Um, I'm not too worried about the distance. It's a relatively easy ride, so you can park them up pretty much anywhere you want. So, yeah. For you, how does it feel to be back in at this place as well? Oh, it's magical, isn't it? It's quite a beautiful place. And, uh, it's nice to come here with a real life. Jim, best of luck. Thank you. All right, standing here at Clocker's Corner uh, with David Redvers from Qatar Racing. Caravel trying to defend her crown 
in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint and will go under the hammer soon as well, Caravel. Uh, then, of course, down to Melbourne for Valiant King in the Melbourne Cup, announced a runner today. Qatar Racing also sponsoring here at the Breeders' Cup. So it's all go, David. Good to see you here. Very special place, isn't it? It's, it couldn't be more gorgeous or glamorous than it is at the moment, could it? Um, fantastic to bring the mayor here again to try and defend her crown. Um, Fergus Galvin and the team tell me that Brad's very happy with us. So we're um, not, a, not a perfect draw for her, by all accounts. But, um, yeah, we'll... Uh, She's, she's a real favourite, and then, as you say, she heads off to the um, Keenan sales afterwards, um, sold in the Hunter Valley draft, and, uh, and uh, as, as is her mother, actually. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And fair so, to say, she's rather close to Sheikh Farhad's heart, this one. Oh, well, she should be. I mean, there's, um, winning the Breeders' Cup last year was as much fun as he's ever had at a race course, I think. And um, well, let's hope she can do it again. She might have to take a lead this time, I suspect, from living the dream. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't be. Who, who knows how they break here? It, it all it all boils down to that. And we think a horse breaks fast at home and discover their way off the pace here. So I mean, I, I know that uh, they've been doing great. I've been doing great work with his bell. So we'll see how how he goes. But um, yeah, listen, it's going to be um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Let's transition to Australia. Uh, Valiant King in the Melbourne Cup, a race that I know is incredibly close to your heart because of the the great launch pad it provided this operation with Dunedin all those years ago are you on the are you on the plane to Melbourne it hasn't been discussed yet uh-huh. um, we've got Keeneland obviously that we're going back to but would you, would you like to get on the plane to Melbourne I would love to get on the plane to Melbourne it's my favourite spot and um, as you say got the fondest memories possible from our time down there um, Bally and King's carrying an absolute you know, featherweight uh, he's a three year old they don't have a great record down there admittedly but with the weight he's carrying and um and the type of horse he is and the improvement he seems to be showing down there, according to the team, Joseph and the team, would be hopeful of a bold run. You see who's on my right here. He gets everywhere, doesn't he? He's, he at least brought his shorts. Clear brought his shorts. I forgot mine. I'm going to have to go and buy a pair. Yeah, he's, he's trying to work out how to, how to get his coffee quickest. You know, you know you've been, you know you've been on, on my podcast more than anyone else this month. I didn't know that, no. Yeah. Four times That's in a month. very good. It pops up everywhere. He does. Um, yeah. How are you enjoying Santa Anita so far? It's beautiful. Look at the sunshine and could get used to this, really. Okay. Are you going to have a winner this year? Well, you know, I mean, just to be here is amazing, right? But uh, the answer to that would be we're going to give it a really good try. Okay. How's King of Steel? He looks great. He just came out. Um, he did a wonderful work, piece of work. Riders happy. Trainers happy. So, yeah, he's great. Are you, are you quite nervous? Yeah, I'm starting to get nervous today. I think when seeing all this, you know, you start to get a little bit nervous. You know? But uh, we'll see how it goes. It'll be an interesting... Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a beautiful event no matter what. This is what it's all about, right? End of the year, having all the best horses in the world running here. It's great. Funny, actually, because you've been supporting this pretty much since you got back into the racing game. You've wanted to come to, to Breeders' Cups. What is it about this that you, you enjoy so much? And, you know, there's two tournaments that I love. Royal Ascot and Breeders' Cup and these two tournaments are, you know, sort of always been at, the, at my heart. We've been here every year, you know. Uh, we've come close with uh, Go Bears Go. We hit the cross line there. We came second. So hopefully this year one of these guys can get it through the line. All right, then. Time to check in with what's happening back the other side of the water. Jane Mangan joins me today. Jane, water is the appropriate word, really. Weather is causing havoc everywhere, uh, including with the racing programme in Ireland, particularly this weekend. And that's a real shame for Down Royal. It's their biggest day of the year. 
For sure. I, I Like a lot of people have been really jealous watching the pictures from Santa Anita and you, you spoiled lucky devil. You're going from California to Melbourne and here we're trying to uh, avoid storms. So I felt for Tracy O'Mara and her team in Down Royal who had to call early the uh, postponement of their meeting, which was due to take place this Friday and Saturday. Of course, the Labrooks Champion Chase, their flagship race, and it was due to be aired on uh, terrestrial television on RTE. But they switched to the following Saturday and Sunday. Fortunately for them, they can hold their position uh, on the on the national broadcast channel on the Saturday. They re- there remains six horses in that race: Manila Indo, Jerry Colomb, Envoy Allen, Deltwork, and Conflated Ash Tree Meadow. That's their flagship race. If any of them or most of them turn up, they will still have a good race. But even the beginners' chase that was due to be run on Friday, the declarations were very very good for that. And uh, look, hopefully they'll all turn up when they do. But Down Road is very near a river, and they just couldn't beat it. And is there any end in sight to this to this weather? Not at the moment. We've fortunately down the south of Ireland this time escaped the latest storm. You might remember a week or two ago, we were the ones worst hit by that, the local village and people's homes destroyed. So um, we're getting a lot of heavy rain and, and land is saturated. There's due to be a meeting at Cork Racecourse Mallow this Sunday. So hopefully we don't get any more so that they can run their meeting. And there's also entries out for Clonmel next Thursday, their flagship meeting featuring the Clonmel Oil Chase, the Grade 2. The entries are interesting for that because Alaho features amongst them, along with Fakir de Deris, Bob Ollinger, Fernilly, a French Dynamite, and Indiana Jones. There's a number of Grade 1 winners in that race, bidding just to start back their campaign in the best way possible. There's a Mayor's Chase there with the likes of Mascada and Allegory de Vassi, both in action at Cheltenham last year. They've got the likes of Riviera de Tell in there to beat. Just the good jumpers are starting to come out, which seems wrong because we're talking about Breeders' Cups and Melbourne Cups, but it is the time of year. And you mentioned the the, the Down Royal race and you span through the horses that would likely run in it if it's rescheduled. I mean, there was one name that just stood out to me, uh, and that was Jerry Calam, with, with no disrespect to all the others who've been wonderful horses for the last few years and Gold Cup winner in there like Manella Indo and on, on violin. But surely if there's a, if there's a coming force this season... It's Jerry Colomb. His his chasing form last year was was excellent. It was indeed, and he's one of the most exciting novice coming to open company chasers this year. We remember Davy Russell sauntering around an entry on him after he was beaten a short head by the real whacker in the Brown Advisory at Cheltenham. I know connections believe him to be a true uh, Gold Cup contender this year. Of course, he won the Silly Isles at Sandown. He stays really well. He's one horse that if the ground turned up barely raceable soft, I don't think he'd mind it. Um, but he's I, I think he's a horse that'll improve with a little bit of age. He's now he's turning eight in the new year. He should be just coming into his prime. And this for Rob Core, Brian Asherson's Rob Core. He seems to have a real strong team of chasers this year. I mentioned French Dynamite is in the Clonmel race, Jerry Colomb in Down Royal. And that leads us nicely on to Gentleman's Game, who runs in the Charlie Hall this Saturday at Weatherby. I wonder, are they just splitting these horses up because they don't want to have to be doubly represented in such small fields in these really good races? I guess that's that that is the case. You mentioned the Charlie Hall. There's only four in the Charlie Hall. I'm not sure it's the necessarily the easier option though, though, Jane, against Ahoy Senor and Brave Man's Game. No. Look, on on ratings, he's right up against it. He's the lowest rated of the four 
But I can see what Mouse Morris is trying to do. He's already had a run, so he's trying to get in against these horses with match practice on his side. Uh, but on ratings, he has the best part of eighteen pounds to find with Brave Man's Game and uh, fifteen pounds to find with Ahoy Senor. But look, he's a seven-year-old now. He is the youngest horse in the field, and maybe they're thinking that he's improving. Uh, Mouse Morris doesn't travel horses very often, and when he does go to the UK, I would really respect that. So I, I think the the conditions will be fine. Whether he's good enough at the moment, it doesn't seem likely, but he could improve. And as for the big two, Ahoy Senor and, and Brave Man's Game, and don't forget Midnight River's a, a very smart horse as well, trained by my Dan Skelton. Ahoy Senor badly needed the run in this race last year, and Lucinda Russell's good chases do tend to improve as the season progresses. And Paul Nichols has been, you know, as we've heard this week, undecided, humming and harring about whether to run here or not. That is true, but Paul Nichols' horses are are very fit. Uh, they always come back pretty much on point. Um, Brave Man's Game won this race last year. I know he's been toying with two two different races, but I wouldn't bet against this. Uh, he is, I think, the best horse in Paul Nichols' yard. And with the, the factor that Paul Nichols doesn't really... His horses don't tend to take their first run when they come back. He'll be very hard to beat. Okay, uh, let's talk about stallion movement because there's quite a bit of it uh, at the moment. We've been waiting for some weeks to find out where Westover is headed, and I don't think the answer is going to surprise too many people, though it might disappoint a few breeders in the UK and Ireland. Yes, Westover joins Hookham and Adair on the plane to Japan. He joins Yushin Stallion Station in Hokkaido. He is the latest middle-distance Group one horse to go across to Japan. And as you say, it's not a surprise. And I would have imagined there would be competition for this horse in Europe, but perhaps the Japanese had the deepest pockets. Perhaps um, that's what it came down to. But when you talk about two top class sons of Frankel, a top class son of, of See the Stars, a little bit different with Hookham because, of course, Shadwell are standing him under the Darley banner. They haven't actually sold him. Um, and, a, and the same with a there. It's it's just when you have Judmont selling West over to Japan, uh, it it doesn't come as a surprise. But when we get beaten in these middle distance races in the future, we can't hold anybody else responsible, only ourselves. I'm suggesting that they they've paid a pretty good price for this horse. I, I they must have been quite close to thinking about standing him. I know he's a middle distance horse, and I know that kind of defies convention at the moment. But he is a very high class dual Group One winning son of Frankel. I think Judmont particularly are going to have needed a big, big offer to part with him, aren't they? I would imagine it had to be very lucrative. And Judmont also had the factor that Chaldean is retiring to Banstead Manor for next year as well. Another son of, of Frankel, albeit a very different profile because he won a Guineas and was a, a Group 1 winning two-year-old. Um, but yeah, it's it's again, as I said, it's not a surprise. Uh, the Japanese will be hoping to add to their list of victories in, at the Breeders' Cup this week, uh, this weekend even, and they have been dominant in major international races across the globe. Who would bet against them adding another one to that? But there you go. If you want to send a horse to um, a, a, a fairly ordinary Group 3 sprinter, your, your, your cup runneth over. If you want to send one to a, a, a good horse with a bit of physique and um, a good pedigree, then you better get on the plane to Japan. Basically, in a nutshell. All right, thanks to Jane. More from her at the end of the show, but back to Santa Anita. Who else did I manage to catch up with a little earlier on today? Well, what about the trainer of Tiger Bell, who's got 
Uh, quite an interesting chance in the opening race, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. Trainer, Ada McGuinness, this is what he had to say. A little bit fuzzy the first day, she wasn't used to all these horses running around and there were horses going everywhere but um, we got her out early this morning and she's really settled in yesterday and today now she was very good and we had to give her a little spin on the grass this morning and we're delighted with her and she, she's a great filly to grow and she's eating and drinking and that's all you want this winter. And how, how important is it to get a feel of the turf? I mean I know a lot of the horses are doing a lot of the jogging on the main track and just getting them limbered up but how important is it to get them out onto the turf track here before yeah, the race? Well, we, we actually walked her last week around Dundalk just to get a feel of a, of a sprint, you know, just a sprint around, around the bend. bend yeah. um, like she's done all her racing on straight lines and I'm sure all the European horses have been exactly the same. So, yeah, it's important just to get out and get a feel of it. And obviously there's fast away in Europe and there's fast away here. What's her gate speed like, do you think, for a race like this? She's probably the fastest horse I've ever had out to get really? at home. And even at her, at her races, and we wouldn't have had to put her through the gates too often. Conan Manan had her before we got her for reason, and he, he, he said he'd put her through the gates. We've only ever put her out to the gates at um, racing, and even the last day she won in Paris, she was two legs up and everything. So there'll be some pace on during this because there's a lot of gate speed with a lot of horses, and they're all drawn low, which we are as well. So, you know, fastest horse get the front <laughs> but it'll be it's going to be there's no quick it sounds like you're pretty hopeful yeah look she clocked a, a less than 10 second pull on in France and uh, she did cross record for the last 10 years and that ground and it was good to soft even the Abbey was only point something of a second faster so she's a very fast filly and this track will suit she handles this bend this track will suit it's, it's um, you know you're down and finish so hopefully she won the race fingers crossed for you Ada thanks so much for talking to me cheers thank you and of course, CEO of the Breeders' Cup, Drew Fleming, is, is wandering through Clocker's Corner as well, with a, with a smile on your face, which is which is good to see. It's Breeders' Cup week. I mean, you can't beat this. San Gabriel Mountains in the background, the tall palm trees. The world is here. Everybody's enjoying a wonderful breakfast and uh, watching the world's best horses work out. Yeah, this is kind of when when the anticipation really starts to build to to fever pitch. You just look at the look at the whole couple of days and look at the entry look at the people involved look at the international participation do you look at that and think sort of where we want to be but absolutely i mean the more international the breeders cup can be and it was always our founders vision the better it is uh and we, we love having people from all over the world come um, from multiple continents many countries it makes the breeders cup unique and it really brings our uh, equine community together and here at Santa Anita, back here for the first time since 2019, certainly these mornings are very special here, aren't they? I mean, absolutely. This is what racing's all about, um, getting to visit with people from all over the world. Um, it's you know, truly global sport, and to see these majestic horses come out on, the, on these surfaces is just it's, it's magic. Um, have you got any, any betting advice for me over the next couple of days? No one asks you that. You see, they always ask you serious questions about heiser and about the future of the sport and, but this you know you, you've done enough of that this week just just, just give me one to better well i mean the, the fields are so strong that i think there's going to be some really good prices on a lot of uh, races i mean the classics are an amazing group of horses the, the turf has come together to be like really what we always envision the turf to be i think it's i think it's what the best turf for 20 years it's it's fantastic and um have a wonderful team josh christian uh we're, we're here he is look on the speak of the devil yeah. hello we were just talking about what a great job you've been doing yeah well, i mean we're the world championships for a reason and that's because of the effort all of us put in including you 
So I was trying to get your boss to uh, to give me a tip, but he's too diplomatic to do it. So which is the, which is the biggest result for you from an international perspective? Uh, every Philly that's in the Philly Turf was bred outside of the United States. It's right. pretty amazing to think. Uh, it should be the highest rated Philly race in the world, which is amazing to think. And the Breeders' Cup Turf should be in the top three of the world. It's amazing, and that's what happens when you get as international as we become. Okay. Uh, and what about some of those smaller stables that I know you spend a long time kind of courting to try and get here? Would a win for a big Evs, for example? I mean, okay, McAppley trains a lot of horses, but he's not exactly used to international travel. A, a big Evs or, or live in the dream, what would that mean for the event, do you think? It would, it would be amazing, and that's what we spend a lot of effort getting new trainers, and which are sometimes are the smaller ones here. You know, we always, you know, Aiden will support us and Charlie and those kinds of guys. But we'll get six to ten new trainers from Europe that come every year. And I have a secret weapon that I use in England and no one really knows. And it's luck on Sunday. <laughs> you are so on message. No, no wonder you're good at your job. All the charm. Uh, Josh Christian, thank you very much. Drew, enjoy the, the weekend. I hope it is um, packed with wonderful racing and everyone comes back safe. It wouldn't be the Breeders' Cup without you being here. So thanks for everything you do for our sport. I appreciate it. Thanks, Drew. Thank you. Uh, Jane Mangan is still with me. Jane, you must have plenty of views on horses you think will go well here in California this weekend. Who interests you the most? Um, well, the turf for me is is the race of the meeting. I suppose I, I am a bit biased being a European. Um, Mustard off for me is is if if things go right for him and Jim Crowley, if he settles and handles the preliminaries, I think he's possibly going to bow out to stud in the best way possible. Um, I think the Europeans are top four in the market with Onesto, King of Steel and August Rodan in that race ahead of up to the mark. But I love Mustard off. I think he's been a fantastic horse for connections. This year, I think River Tiber's our best juvenile going across. Um, just don't forget the year that Aidan O'Brien has had with his two-year-old Colts. He would have had a selection of horses that he could have travelled. Of course, he's bringing over Unquestionable as well. But River Tiber promised an awful lot. Things didn't go right for him before he ran a disappointing enough race in the in the pre-morning. I think back on quick ground, we could see him and what he's really, truly made of. The Phillies and Mares, we're talking about in spiral her race will be won and lost at the start. I think Warm Heart is a very solid filly. Uh, she's out of a mare who won, I think, three group ones on very quick round in Australia. She should relish conditions in Santa Anita. In stall two, won't be any harm to her chances. Yeah, I, I think I'm coming down on the side of Warm Heart as well in the in the filly and mare turf. I think she's very, very solid. They just need to go a good, strong pace, I think, at that trip for her to, to really be seen to, to full effect. Um, and just a shame you're, you're not here. I know, but I had planned to go to Down Royal. I had my priorities straight. Uh, but for, unfortunately, now I'll be unemployed for the weekend. I'll have plenty of time to watch you and all of the team bring us a brilliant production from America. Yeah, now listen, uh, next year, you can, you've got 12 months to sort this out. It'll either be Del Mar or Down Royal for you. I'm open to offers. Excellent. You heard it here first. Now, we are only too aware that if you are part of racing's workforce, you are extremely busy. You're often on the move, traveling here, there and everywhere, sometimes internationally. Um, but you also want to get on in your career, make progress, and try and make the most of the opportunities there are within this incredible sport. And it is be being made easier for you, as uh, Dali's director of Stallion, Sam Bullard, is about to explain. Not necessarily in your Dali capacity, Sam, but this is a, a really interesting initiative from the industry uh, as regards continuing education. Tell me a little bit more. 
Yeah, Nick, thank you for getting me on. And um, this is a TBA, Thoroughbred Breeders Association initiative. And I'm delighted to be able to just highlight some of the incredible opportunities that they are offering people within, within the particularly the stud side of the industry. So through that, they've launched their TB Ed, which is their online learning platform, which, as you know, was designed really to stop stop the need for people traveling across the country to go and do a hands-on course to improve their to improve their skill set to improve their cv to get on and they're now doing it online and they've just developed a further program called the business essentials program which is helping people within the stud format improve their business and that's what i wanted to want to talk to you about for a moment if i may so that that's really quite important because as as i say you know there is no respite really there's always something going on on a on a stud farm and it is really important for people to be able to develop within and and particularly learn their you know update their skills from a from a business management point of view yeah i think one of the common grounds within the industry is that everybody is very busy and studs are no different so getting away to do courses is really difficult finding time from your employer to go and do courses is very difficult but going into the tb ed which is free to members of the thoroughbred breeders association is a great initiative and a great opportunity and i implore stud owners stud managers to encourage their teams to use it and this business essentials program that i'm specifically talking about has four particular focuses within it. One is marketing and communication of your business, which people will have their own views on, I'm sure, but it's worth a look. Leadership and maximizing team performance is the second one, really useful. And the one that really would have struck me if I was, and I wish I was somewhat younger, the finance plan and helping people to plan the finances within their industry, whatever whatever side of the stud farm it is, and employment and keeping yourself aware of what's necessary, what you need to do with employment. And and that that program within this TB Ed is really useful for employers and managers alike just to get their heads around. Sam, thanks so much for your time today. Um, um, I really hope this this is a, a success. And, and all people need to do is to go onto the, the TBA uh, website and look up TB Ed. Yes? Yes, that's it. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity and getting people to look at it. Thanks. My thanks to Sam Bullard from Dali Stallions. If you are in the thoroughbred breeding industry and want to find out more, TB Ed is where you need to head on the Thoroughbred Breeders Association website. Now we're heading to Australia, just a few days away from the Lexus Melbourne Cup and continuing his Melbourne diaries for us, J.A. McGrath the Croc has been enjoying some hospitality. Well, Nick, I've just been to the most enjoyable lunch I've had for the last few days, and this is with Richard Pegum, who throws a lunch here at uh, O'Connell's Pub down in South Melbourne. And it's been a fantastic day. There's been a lot of racing luminaries here. But Richard is an owner, but he's also a man who's spent a lot of time in the UK. In fact, he's at least a decade there, and he's uh, a hedge fund manager back in Australia now, an Aussie uh, from Sydney. But he's down in Melbourne with a horse who runs in the Melbourne Cup, Cup called More Fallons. Now, we all know that in the UK as scriptwriter who was trained by Milton Harris. He had to change his name because... 
of the fact that uh, there was another script writer down here, so uh, he's now more Fallon's. But Richard's with me now, and first of all, Richard, I'd like to thank you for the lunch. It was fantastic. Listen, listen no worries. It's lots of fun to be together, and what we love to do is to get everyone from all parts of Australia and England together at this special week of racing. Now, what I want to ask you, as an owner of 40 years, uh, you've seen the ups and downs, you've had plenty of ups, you've won Breeders' Cups, you've uh, uh, won a Melbourne Cup with Brew back in 2000, uh, a little-known jockey called uh, Karen McAvoy yes, yes. Uh, took the ride, it was the first of his three Melbourne Cups, um, but what is it that drives Aussies, do you think, to go to the horse ra- horse? horses in training sale in the UK and pay the money that they pay for horses? Well, the first thing is you can buy a horse that you know has got form, proven form that will be competitive in Australia. The Australian prize money justifies the purchase price and it's commercial. What do you think has been your best buy? Well, I actually think this horse may be, but I bought a horse off the Queen unknowingly called My Kingdom of Fife for 50000 uh, She didn't call it My... No, it was called Kingdom of Fife, but in Australia we had to change the name to My Kingdom of Fife. Anyway, it won, and funny enough, it won the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, which was just something very special. And then after that, she, uh, her racing manager rang us up and said, well, why have you improved this all so much? And we sent her photos how we basically, we put fibreglass around the hooves and made the hooves far better, and, and hence she ran a lot better. And who trained My Kingdom of Fife? Chris Waller trained that. That was my first horse with Chris Waller. It was in 2008, and we gave it to him, and it won at 330 to 1 first start, which is unbelievable, and then went into the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, and it won at 12 to 1. So very, very lucky and very exciting. Do you think that the, the money they pay, do you think it's good value? Look, the money they paid 10 years ago is definitely good value. The money they're paying now is fair value. The people are paying for success, and when you pay for that, you're not getting value. Can you explain what it means to Australians and New Zealanders to win the Melbourne Cup? Well, look, it's, uh, I guess, I, I don't know how to describe it as far as English are concerned. Maybe winning the FA Cup or winning the Derby. But it's like winning the Derby. It is the race, historically, for Australians and Kiwis to win. And finally, your tip for the Melbourne Cup in 2023. I think the favourite will be very hard to beat. Vauban. Vauban. But I think we are a real each-way chance uh, to run in the first five. More felons. Yes, definitely. Richard, thanks very much. Jim, lovely to see you and welcome home. All right, thanks to all my guests today on this final podcast of the week. Uh, Jane Mangan has something for you, maybe, for the weekend. I don't know. Where Where are you headed? I thought about fluttering with Thurlis, but really and truly with the vibe and theme of this podcast, I'm going to stick to America. I'm not going to go Vauban in Melbourne because that's boring. And maybe my selection in the Breeders' Cup will be boring too. But I was speaking to Jamie Heffernan a couple of days ago and he was just like a Cheshire cat when he talked about River Tiber. That's the two-year-old that I think is the best going across and I hope he can make, make his presence felt in the juvenile turf for Team Ballydoyle. Yeah, it's very interesting that because you, you'd have thought the two horses, River Tiber and Unquestionable, Ryan Moore might have had a difficult decision. But as you say, talking to anyone close to the team, I don't think the decision was all that difficult. So best of luck to him. Best of luck to you. I hope you enjoy a fabulous weekend um, wherever you are. I hope if you are in the UK or Ireland, you are not getting too wet 
and if you are you are managing to say at least safe and warm um here we have got some wonderful wonderful racing for you to enjoy um icv will be taking an awful lot of the coverage you'll also be able to see it on sky and on on racing tv as well so wherever you consume your racing you'll be able to see the breeders cup from santa anita this weekend i am going to see you on the other side of the world because uh, on monday this podcast will be coming to you from melbourne and fingers crossed the united flight that takes off from lax at 10 40 after the breeders cup will deliver me safely there uh, thank you very much for your support this week thanks to everyone here in california uh, for their uh, generosity uh, i hope you've enjoyed it uh, have a wonderful weekend bye for now you've been listening to nick luck daily brought to you in association with fitzdares the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.